LeBron James and Dwayne Wade for the final time. How big of an impact did Dwayne Wade actually have on LeBron James's career? Plus, LeBron James with some interesting comments regarding a New York basketball team after the game. I'm going to get to that. And in the NFL, the Seahawks beat the Vikings. And with just three weeks remaining, the playoffs are getting formed. And I'm going to tell you why on both sides of the bracket, five teams are in place and who will get the final wildcard spot. Plus, does Kareem Hunt deserve a second chance it's a podcast on a tuesday that starts now Welcome to SportsX Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Friend. Here on a Tuesday, we have a ton to get to, mostly NFL. And if you do want just NFL stuff, skip ahead about three minutes and you will get just that. But first, I do want to start with this, with two minutes on the clock. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, final game being played last night in LA between the two ever, because Dwayne Wade is retiring after this year, of course. LeBron James gets the better of it, which means LeBron James, because the series was tied between the two heading into last night, because the Lakers won, it means he gets the overall career wins and he gets bragging rights, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to discuss this before I get to something else regarding this exact topic. How big of an impact did Dwayne Wade have on LeBron's career? And I said this on today's show, I'll say it here. I don't think anyone will ever ever repeat the impact Dwayne Wade had on LeBron James's career. I think he had the most, and I don't think it's all that close. Because after LeBron's loss to the Dallas Mavericks in the finals, one of the lowest points of LeBron's career At that point in his career, he was kind of viewed as the villain. He was going against everybody, and he was embracing that role. After that finals, his agent, his wife, and Dwayne Wade sat him down and said, hey, you need to start working with everybody around you. They brought him back in. They reeled him back in. And then eventually, relatively soon later, he would make his decision to go to Miami. And let's not forget that for LeBron James, Miami was college. It absolutely was college. And people who know basketball don't just throw around that saying to be cliche. They say it because it's true. And a large part of that being the quote-unquote college of LeBron James' career was Dwayne Wade. And if you don't believe all this from me, well, then just take it from LeBron James himself. I mean, me personally, um, I I would have been very successful in this this league uh, without D-Wade. But to accomplish what I really wanted to accomplish in this league... And that's winning at the highest level. I needed him. And that's why I made the jump. And then I appreciate more than I can express in words what he was able, what he did for me when I went down to Miami. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Just getting, just getting a little bit emotional here. Because I know that's what the comments are going to say. I know that's what people make fun of me for is being too much of a LeBron homeboy. Listen, I just think it's awesome. I really, really do. And I know some old farts don't want people to be friends in the game and they can't be friends. Why are they friends? Listen, whether you like it or not, it's 2018, it's going to happen. 
And that's my take on last night. Now, before I do move on to the NFL, one minute on the clock because LeBron James and Dwayne Wade had an interaction on the court after the game. And because of mics and cameras and all the access, their conversation was picked up. And here's how it went. Dwayne Wade said, quote, thank you for coming here because our last meeting is in Staples Center. LeBron responded by saying, quote, there's only two places that it could have been. It's here in Madison Square Garden, end quote. Which, of course, got some people wondering, most specifically New York Knicks fans saying, wait, 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 huh, huh? Are you telling me that his final decision this past offseason between L.A. and the Knicks, that was the final decision? Listen, I don't know if it means that. It's hard to think he meant anything else. He's probably going to be asked about it today or tomorrow or sometime relatively soon. I don't know when his next media session is, but the bottom line is Knicks fans. I'm sorry. I really, really am. I mean, my goodness, this is the last thing New York fans need with how their sports universe is going. Now, two minutes on the clock before I do discuss some wild card things that I want to get to here because that race is heating up. But two minutes on the clock for the Seahawks and the Vikings. Last night's game, for those who didn't watch it, you didn't miss much offense. And that's not a problem for me. You also didn't miss much, uh, well, well-played football at all. And I woke up this morning still thinking, oh, hey, Minnesota, Vikings, hello? You, you, you in there? Like, knock, knock. Any, anybody home? No, no? Yes? I mean, my goodness. I tweeted it at halftime. I stand by it. That was the Minnesota Miracle 2.0 that happened in Seattle last night. The fact that you were down 3 nothing Minnesota, I, I'm still trying to figure out how that was the case at halftime. Russell Wilson was playing his worst game of this season, statistically one of his worst games of his career, throwing an awful interception at the end of the second half. Your defense, despite only allowing three points, was kind of getting run over. Your offense couldn't get anything going at all, and you're down 3 nothing, and you're still in that game in the fourth quarter? If I'm Seattle, I'm dancing out of there. I'm strutting out of there, and I ain't looking back because if the Vikings remotely show up, you don't win that game. And I know a lot of people are giving the Seahawks defense credit, as there should be some. But let's not get it twisted. This, this Seattle defense is good. They're not great. Especially when you have Kirk Cousins on the other side, who is now Alex Smith 2.0, apparently. Just an $84 million version of Alex Smith 2.0. The dude doesn't win. He's conservative. He has been throughout his whole entire career. He's never really known how to win. He's 4-24 in his career against opponents 500 or better. And we're going to blame their offensive coordinator, John Filippo, for any of this? I I mean, that that's, that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. So, I'm still trying to figure out how the hell Minnesota was in that game. Seattle did win it, though. And I just think, and I tweeted this at the time at Nick Friend 24, the fact that both of these teams, the Seahawks probably, the Vikings possibly, are playoff teams, and it's hard for me to see either of them winning a game. 
All right, here we go. Wild card races. They're heating up. We're going to start in the AFC. We will go to the NFC after. We're going to put two and a half minutes on the clock for each of these individually. Let's start in the AFC. Just to get the picture clear, the division winners, who all obviously get an automatic playoff bid, are going to be the Chiefs. The Patriots, despite their debacle last week, will get it. The Texans have a large lead. So those three are locked in. You then will have the winner of the Ravens and the Steelers. It will be the Ravens, okay? Their schedule's way easier. The way they're looking right now between their defense and everything else, as a whole, they're looking better as a team. The Steelers still have to play the Patriots and the Saints. It will be the Ravens. So that's the four division winners. You then have the Chargers locked in as one of the wild card teams because they're 10 and 3. Believe it or not, they're still pushing the Chiefs for the division win. Either way, they'll be a wild card team, which only leaves one spot between the following five teams the Steelers, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Titans, and the Broncos. I'm sorry, but not really. The Dolphins and the Broncos are not making it. They're just not. I don't trust the Dolphins with their quarterback situation, their team as a whole. Plus, they're going to have the letdown week after the just beating the Patriots. And the Broncos, I don't trust. And I think they're too far back at the end of the day. They would need some help anyway. Which then leaves three teams. It leaves you with the Steelers, the Colts, and the Titans all fighting for one spot. Folks, the Steelers ain't getting it. Like, I, I just hate to break it to you. They're losing. They play the Patriots next week. They then have to travel to New Orleans. And then they have to wrap up their season by playing an always tough Bengals team. Though I don't think they'll lose that game. They're losing the two previous. So that leaves it to the Titans and the Colts, believe it or not, to get this last wild card spot. Both seven and six. Both three games remaining. I trust the Colts more. I do. I trust the Colts more. Now, of course, schedule when there's only three games left has a huge impact on this. I think it will be the Colts. And let me tell you why. You look at their schedule. They play the Cowboys and the Giants. Why the Titans play the Giants in Washington. I think both of those teams will probably come out of them one and one. Guess what the last week matchup is? Titans versus Colts in Tennessee. And as I just said, I trust the Colts more. Trust the Titans, if you will, but I think the Colts are going to get the last spot in the AFC. And now it's time. The NFC wildcard race there. Here in two and a half minutes, I am going to get to Kareem Hunt and whether or not he deserves a second chance. But first, let's go to the NFC with two and a half minutes. The division winners here are going to be the following, and these are actually very much locked in. In the AFC, they're pretty locked in as well, but in the NFC, they're very much locked in. You have the Rams, you have the Saints, they're going to win their divisions. You then have the Cowboys, who, barring the most typical Cowboys collapse ever, they're going to win their division, and you then have the Bears, who are going to win theirs. So that's four locked in right there. The Seahawks will be the number one wild card. They just have too many games on their plate and too much of a lead not to be. At very minimum, they'll be the number two. So they are getting in. Which then leaves one spot between four teams. The Vikings, the Panthers, the Eagles, and Washington. I'm going to eliminate Washington immediately. They have no quarterback. They have absolutely none. Zero. Diddly squat. Maybe if they signed a guy you know, by the name of Colin Kaepernick, they'd be in a better position, but they're not. So... They're out of it. 
So three teams, Vikings, Panthers, or Eagles. Eagles aren't getting it, okay? I, I, I just don't think they are. They have to play twice in the road during the final three games. They still have to play the Rams and the Texans. They'll be lucky to split those. They then have to go on the road to Washington the last week. I think they're I think they're out. I think they're too far back. I think they're out. Vikings and Panthers here is a very interesting debate. Because here's the situation. When you look at it, the Vikings really have to go two and one. That's how they have to finish out the season. Because they're six, six, and one. The Panthers are six and seven. So if they both go two and one, the Vikings have the lead on the Panthers because of that tie instead of a loss. And the Panthers aren't going better than two and one. They're just not. They have to play the Saints twice still. I didn't just misspeak. They have to play the Saints twice still, including once on the road, and they have to play the Falcons in between. They're going two and one at best. That is if they can split the matchup with the Saints somehow. So let's take a look at the Vikings schedule. They have to play the Dolphins. They have to go to Detroit, and then they wrap up the season playing the Bears. I am banking on the Vikings winning in Detroit. I think they'll win in Detroit, so that's one. They only need one more, and I hate to break it to you. They're not going to beat the Bears. Even if they start resting some of their players, they're not going to beat the Bears. So the question is, can they beat the Dolphins this week to get into the playoffs? My answer is a very hesitant yes. So somehow the Minnesota freaking Vikings, despite how they looked last week, I think will get in as an 8-7-1 team. All right, and let's wrap things up here. Two minutes on the clock for this. Kareem Hunt, everybody knows what happened by now over the past couple weeks. Still not in the league. He is likely to receive a six-game suspension once he gets signed by anybody or before he gets signed by anybody, that's according to multiple reports. But that's not what I want to talk about here. I want to talk about whether or not he deserves a second chance. And I know the very cliche saying in this culture and in this country of the United States is everyone deserves a second chance, a country built on second chances, etc., etc. I get that. And nine out of ten times, I am with you fully 100%. Some people in my life who know me well accuse me of being too forgiving. I am with you a thousand percent on second chances in general. But here, I'm sorry. I, I don't think Kareem Hunt deserves a second chance. I don't. You put your hands on your uh, woman, forget it. I'm sorry. It's over. I don't think you deserve a second chance, especially when you are trying to be an NFL player again. And now I know some people, specifically former athletes, are going to say, Nick, there shouldn't be any different of a standard for athletes than there are a regular person. If a regular person deserves a second chance, then so does an athlete and an NFL player. And to that, I say you're wrong. I'm sorry, there's a different standard. You're supposed to be a role model. You're trying to participate in a profession that allows you to play football for a living on national television week in and week out. I'm sorry, there's a different standard. There just is. And we as a country do not take domestic violence seriously enough. And I do not believe that somebody who commits this crime should be allowed back into a professional sporting league. 
if they another profession i mean i don't think they should be allowed back in if they're a doctor or a lawyer i think some of these higher professions should not be allowed back in if they commit this crime but if they want to go back to you know trying to work a a very typical nine to five job or or working in a retail store fine but if you are in a high profile job where people are looking up up to you and it's held to a high standard in this society no done by the way i'm not delusional i still think he'll get it but that's my take on that that is the podcast earlier today the sports show released as always on sportsdate.com and the youtube channel i do want to say i realize and appreciate the support over the past several days on youtube sports and nick sincerely always means the world to me tomorrow among you know whatever news breaks between now and then uh power rankings Week 15 NFL power rankings with some movement at the top as well as a ton of NFL and NBA, I'm sure. I'll see you then. Have a good night. Oh, well, well, wait. And by the way, by the way, I almost forgot. Uh, I have the honor and the privilege tonight to be a color commentator for number 17 Rochester traveling to Ithaca to play them in basketball. I'm the hardwood. That was a very eloquent way of saying that. Um, You can listen if you're locally in New York on the dial 91.7 FM or anywhere on WICB.org. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Now I'll shut up. Now everybody have a good night. And now I'll catch you tomorrow.